Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. Eastern Book Club call. We do this call every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, and 5 a.m. Pacific time. All right, let's get going. We got a, a special guest on today. Uh, she's going to be reading from the book, The Magic of Believing, Mr. Claude Bristol, a book I read, you know, years back, read it three or probably third time reading it, maybe maybe the fourth time. Uh, I consider it a classic, you know, so, you know, millions of copies. They've since, you know, have uh, updated the book. So, you you know, it's a lot of different, different covers of the book. And some of them have a little bit more additional information in it than others because you can check the pages on it. <clears throat> but the same, the same thing, you know what I'm saying, the whole thing of the magic of believing it. Uh, you know, believe in what uh, what will take us to another level. Uh, our thoughts are so important. That's what we talk about. So I'm going to pass the microphone to our guest speaker, and I'm going to be here uh, for her to ask me any questions or if she need any input. She might not, but I'll be here uh, with my mic on mute, and that is Miss Pamela Boutte, and that's uh, to make sure I was – Hopefully pronounce that right because there's another lady that don't pronounce her last name correctly, and I know I do, but she says I'm not pronouncing it correctly. So, but is is it Boutte? It is Boutte. You got it right. Okay, and it's spelled B-O-U-T-E-E. T-T-E with an accent on the E. B-O-U-T-T-E accent on the E. All right. Well, you have the microphone, ma'am, and I'm going on mute, and you can take it from here. Thank you so much, Mr. Fleming, um, and good morning to everyone this morning. Yes, I'm coming from this um, really interesting book. I've been reading it and um, still trying to wrap my mind around all the principles in this book and trying to build my belief in this system that all you can do, you could change your life by what Mr. Fleming always tells us, by changing your thoughts, right? And just by believing, really believing that you can really change your life. So I'm coming from, I have the orange book, um, the orange cover, and I think it's the latest edition, and it's chapter seven, how to project your thoughts. And so kind of, it's, a, it's kind of a lengthy um, chapter, so I just not doing everything from the chapter, but I think I highlighted from the first few pages. I'm going to go over what I got out of that. So I'm going to start with that opening statement of that chapter, which says, um, success is a matter of never application. You must forever work at it diligently. Otherwise, it takes wings and flies away. At no time can you have afford to rest on your laurels, a pause for self-admiration, because there are others who may have eyes on your coveted place and who would like nothing better than to push you out of it, especially if they observe that you have a weak hold on it or are doing nothing to strengthen your position. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about that, and I would believe that is true for most professions. I'm thinking professionally, career-wise. And I think you definitely need to always be on your game and always work. You can't, once you relax and take it easy, take your foot off the pedal, take a break, you lose whatever momentum 
that you get. So sometimes we um, reach a certain level of success and we're like, okay, I got here. You know, you're kind of wallowing in it, enjoying it. And then before you know it, you start to lose some of that momentum. And in certain, um, I don't know about what we do here, a lot of us, not everyone here on the call, but some of us on the call what, with what we do, that may not be true, that we have to worry about other people taking our position because everyone is a man on their own. But, for example, if you are if you are an entrepreneur and let's say you have a traditional um, business, maybe you have a coffee shop or something like that, I'm thinking, all right, let's say you have this coffee shop. It's great. You have the latest coffees, the best coffees, and got a lot of traffic coming in. And you're like, okay, I'm cool. We're cool. We're getting all this business. But then another coffee shop opens across the street, and now they have everything. They have technology in there, and they have international coffees and the latest creamers. Um, you now, if you just take your foot off the brake, now you have competition. So you have to be careful that you're always on your game. That's how I interpret it, Mr. Fleming. Am I kind of on the right path with what they're saying there? Yes, you are. Reread that, re, re, re that part again, though. I want to, there's a particular word I heard that I want to. The whole paragraph, sure. Um, success yeah. is a matter of never ceasing application. You must forever work at it diligently. Otherwise, it takes wings and flies away. At no time can you afford to rest on your laurels, a pause for self-admiration, because there are others who may have eyes on your coveted place and who would like nothing better than to push you out of it, especially if they observe that you have a weak hold on it or are doing nothing to strengthen your position. Right. That operative word I'm talking about is never. It says mm. never, never. You can't, you can't just, mm. you know, start and slack because when you do, you, like you said, you know, you lose ground. And, uh, and I know we all human. I know that we all make mistakes, and I know that we all do start and stop even though, it says you shouldn't do it. You know, that same example, uh, Bill Parcells, <clears throat> one of the greatest football coaches ever, he's always talked about uh, to his team doing practice, don't lead a huddle. And what he meant by that is don't get hurt, don't miss a play, don't do anything because it's a player sitting on that bench that's waiting to get in there. And if you get hurt or you miss a play because, you know, I don't know, your shoestrings are untied and you run to the sideline or something, you left that huddle. Somebody else is going to run out there and they get a hold of the ball and they've been, want, they've been waiting to play. You might not ever get your spot back. So right. when he says don't leave the huddle, that's the same as don't never cease and stay and focus on what you're doing because there's somebody watching you. Some people trying to gain ground or some people trying to, uh, you know, it's competitive out here, you know, especially in business. So you can't be slacking and, you know, you think, you think because nobody sees you at night that um, you can get by with just talking. No, because what you do in the dark will come to the light. You know what I'm saying? What you, when people out here doing things at night, to intensify, I mean, to 
to advance in their business and they're working hard and another person is not, and then, you know, you'll see it. You'll definitely see it. That's so true. So that's what it's saying. Yeah. But but is it a little different with what we do within, you know, um, MLM? Because we don't really have any competition. We are our comp- competitors, right? So you don't have to worry about someone coming in and taking what you have. Well, right? So it's not as much of know. a – you're competing against yourself. Yeah, but also you're competing – yeah, you definitely yeah, – I mean, even – even the coffee shops are competing against themselves, but it's also competition out here to uh, to get the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? You want you want to be a part of that also. You want to be because you know when you, when you say nobody's trying to get your position, it's people trying to shine or outshine you. So yeah. you know they want to have you know they want to have you know some. Uh, trophies or plaques that may be more than what you have so they can brag about it and say, look, you know, work with me because I got this. That's what a lot of people do. You know, so you might not be trying to take your position, but they're trying to take your shine. I can tell you <laughs> Okay, okay. I can agree with that. Okay, so that was just my opening, um, but I have a few principles, some things that I took out of it. And I'm going to start with the first one, which is on page 108, if you have the new edition, the orange cover. At the bottom of 108, um, it says, the only way to have a friend is to be one. And by the way, this title, How to Project Your Thoughts, I'm not sure if I see these things playing into that title. I don't know. Maybe as I go through, you can help me connect the title to the things that I pulled out of it. But the first one, again, number one, my number one point is the only way to have a friend is to be one, um, said Emerson, but few people ever give thought to this fundamental, fundamental requirement. You cannot cast your bread upon the waters without having it returned, and you cannot do a good deed without having a good deed done to you in return. This is true. No matter how Pollyanna-ish um, it might sound to some people, and I had to look that up, Pollyanna-ish. I didn't know what that was, um, but that's just being excessively optimistic. Optimistic. Um, and yeah, I don't know if, if people really believe that, that in order to have good, you have to do good. Like if you don't do, or if you do good, you can expect to have good done back to you. But I don't know if people are really motivated by that. That's why they do it. Oh, if I do good, then I'm going to get good back. I understand the principle, but I'm not sure how many people really buy into that principle. What about you? So, what do you think? Do you do you buy into it? Do you think that when you do good? I mean, I think it's, um, I think everything is secular, our system is secular, if that makes sense. So whatever you do, it comes back to you. I believe in that premise. So you do bad, eventually that bad is going to come back around right. and you're going to be on the receiving end. So whatever you put out there in the atmosphere, it's going to find its way right back. So it's better to put out good so good comes back to you. I mean, I think yeah, it's also... Um... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I think it's it's kind of like um, the principle like do unto others as you would have them do unto you too. I think that kind of ties in with that thing. So, you know, just do things good as you would want people to do good things to you and, you know, 
it just evolves right. from there. And it, you know, yeah. pretty much karma. You know, we call it karma because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it will come back to you. Here's the challenge, though. A lot of people think, and I was one of them, that for a long time that if I did good to you, Pam, then you would be good to me. No, that's not what that means. That's not true. I mean, good, good. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you know, <laughs> I have to think that all the time. But, no, your good comes back from other places or other things, and, you know, you might not even relate it to what you just what you did six months ago or two months ago or three months ago. You might not. But that karma, it comes back around to you. Uh, it's just that you don't know. Uh, like sometimes the bad karma will come back quickly, <laughs> real fast for me. Seemingly so, then, right? Faster yeah, than the good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the good, you know, it might take a minute for you to for it to happen because I know a lot of times we look at people, you know, I see people in our business. They do evil stuff, cricket stuff, and, and they still advance. They still get away with it. You'd be wondering, like, wow, how is this, yeah. you know, yeah, but it comes back around in some another form. You might not see it. They're gonna feel it some way. You know, you know, you might not get the enjoyment of feeling it because they did something, but in some form or fashion, it comes back. You know, um, so it's, that's why it's always good to do good deeds instead of thinking, you know, that it's gonna come back from that person because, you know, I've done that. I mean, I did that for years. Um, and, you know, didn't, you know, you help people out, do stuff for them, and then all of a sudden they just act like they don't know you anymore. <laughs> You're thinking, yeah. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but it comes back from other other ways and other places, you know, I believe. So. Right, from someone else, someone for someone else. Or even if it's something is, um, you do something good for someone and they do something bad to you, it may not come back to them, it might come back to their children or so forth. So it's not always direct. I definitely right. It kind of goes, goes in line with what I say everything counts. You know, every meeting you go to counts, every meeting you didn't go to count, every book you read that counts, and one you don't read. Because people think, well, you know, I ain't, you know, you tell people, I'm reading a book, you know, I bought the book, I'm reading it, and you hadn't yet read the last five books, and you think you're getting away <laughs> with something. You're not. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to count the universe. God sees that. Every Every, you know, you can't. You just can't get away with something. Everything counts. The more meetings you attend, the more people you talk with, the more books you read, the more uh, places that you, you know, you know, you know, more time you start separating from negativity. Everything that you do, whether you see it right now, that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges, Pam, is that we think we're looking for the outcome right now, and all we need to do is the process. You know, if we keep doing the process, keep doing the process without looking for the outcome, that particular outcome will happen. You know, it's like we we put the cake in and we keep opening the oven looking in there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because we want it to to cook like a microwave, right? We live in a microwave society where we want immediate results without having to endure the process. Right. You know, Um, and, and that's the main problem. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to go to the second, uh, my second point that I, I highlighted, which is on page 112, first paragraph, bottom of the first paragraph. It says, sincere compliments will always gain you friends. 
for most people are extremely susceptible to compliments. Compliments gratify their ego, and you go up in their friendly estimation. Successful politicians learn early in their careers that the art of making friends by doing things for other people and by speaking in praise of them. The, for example, the corner newsboy you befriend today may someday be the judge before whom you stand when you have violated some traffic rule, and then you will discover what it means to have a friend at court. The same principle applies in all walks of life, yet many people overlook that fact. And I think that's true, especially with what we do. Is it really imp- People love compliments. People um, may say, oh, no, don't say that about me. Oh, no. It's like, but people like hearing about themselves. They love talking about themselves. And I think it's important when you're building relationships that that's a, a good way to start by um, giving compliments. Compliment. You know, some, some people yeah. love compliments more than others. You know what I'm saying? They, uh, it really some people feed on it. it. Some people feed yeah. on it. Yeah, but I think we all love them. I think it's some just mm-hmm. you know, feed on it. They have to have it. They have to get it every time they do something. They have to. And that's a that's an insecurity thing. There. That's a, that goes back to mindset and personal development again. That's why I say everything goes back to mindset and personal development. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't care. It's going to go back to the insecurity, the low self-esteem, all of that, you know, and, and the 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 insecurities and the lower the, the self esteem, the more compliments you gotta have. Almost you gotta when you don't say things to people and you don't, they feel like you, you you're not. I think it gives people reassurance that what they're doing mm-hmm. or what who they are as people is like. Yes, I am. It validates them. I think. Mm-hmm. With some people, it gives them validation right. that yes, I am a good person. Yes, I do look good. Yes, I am smart. You know, yes, I'm knowledgeable. Um, when they're hearing the support, but this is saying that you should be doing that if you if your goal is to gain friends, if your goal is to gain relationships, that you need to be giving sincere compliments. compliments. Yeah, so yeah, would you yeah, say yeah, you agree with? That's it. Yeah, but it can't be phony like a lot of people. It can't be. It has to be something, you know, legitimate, you know, that when you compliment, because people can pick up the the phoniness of it. Um, and, you know, last night, man, I had a guy come up to me, and, you know, uh, we started talking. Uh, he said that uh, he attended Alcorn State, and, you know, I went to Jackson State. So I was, I, I, when I told him that, he's like, wow. He said, uh you know, so you was in the swag with me, and so we was around the same time, and we started talking about, you know, things that were happening around that time while we was in school, about Jerry Rice and uh, basketball and stuff of that sort, and, you know, I knew some people that he knew, he knew some of them. So we were just having a general conversation. <laughs> then he said, he said, uh, hey, man, uh, I just want to tell you, um, he said, I don't really work the business a lot. He said, because I'm, you know, I'm doing some, I'm doing some other, but I'm here with my wife. And he said, my wife loves this business, and she loves to listen to your training. Now, I, 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 didn't, I don't know his wife. I don't know. He, he said, and she loves to listen to your training. She talks about that. She says that uh, he told me, she says that you are no nonsense. You're straight to the point. You get the information out, and she likes that. Now, mm-hmm. man, that's a great compliment. I, I mean, I was listening to him when he said that. I was like, oh, man, you know, thank you, because. 
I really believe what he said is what I'm trying to portray. You know, I'm trying to get that information out. So it was legitimate to me. It wasn't, you know. It was sincere. He said, yeah, he said, yeah. He said, she told me that you're not, uh, you're not a lot of height. I mean, he said all of that. Well, he said, I heard you speak tonight, too, and I can tell what she said. So to me, I mean, I was a, man, that was, a, that was toward the end of the meeting. That was a great compliment, too, and I really uh, appreciated that he just came out and said it because, um, you know, like you said, people like to hear that. But I really like to hear yeah. it's legit. You know what I'm saying? It's it's sincere, because lots of times, Mr. Fleming, people do that because they want something from you. Yeah. Right. You know, they they, they sometimes give you slip because they're trying to get something on the back end. Right. Yeah, and you can tell. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. um but yeah, but you know, we always we can always find a compliment. You can find a legit one to give. You just don't want it to be too you know, too you don't want it to sound phony, put it that way. Right, exactly. Yeah, that is the case. All right, moving right along. Um still on page one twelve, I'm all the way at the bottom now. Um, my points three and four, I'm going to read them together because in the same paragraph. A person who desires riches must go where the riches are. Alone on a desert island, a man would probably have a tough time eking out an existence to say nothing of trying to amass a fortune. So it is in everyday pursuits. Therefore, if you want money, you've got to associate yourself with people who have it or who know how to make it. This may sound rather gross, but the truth is that if money is what you're after, you must go where it is and where it is being spent. And also you must become personally acquainted with those who have the authority to spend it. If you are a salesman selling advertising and you know the head of the firm is the man with the final say, it's a waste of time trying to convince minor clerks and junior executives. The same holds true if you are trying to sell other commodities or what is more important, trying to sell yourself. And um, there lies, I think, an issue for many people. How do you get around those types of people? If money's what you're after or you want more money and you need to be around people who have that money, you know, depending on where you know where you, your background is, like if you're in a poor neighborhood, how do you mm-hmm. put yourself in an environment where you could be around mm-hmm. those kind of people that you have know, that influence on Mr. Lord talked about that last night. He brought that up. He said, he said that you know people need to be around the money, need to be around to see it. And he said, now he said, now what's the best place to be to do that for the average person? He said, network marketing. He said because if you you can you can reach out and t- contact people who are actually having success, you know, in your company or whatever, because you know you're there. You know, it, most that's the only industry that he said that he know of that you can actually reach out and uh, and actually see a person, talk to a person. You know, like I told you when I first got started, I, I met that uh, dentist actually in Birmingham. I waited in the lobby for him for three, four hours till he came out. And then I introduced mm-hmm. myself to say, but they wouldn't let me in the room because I wasn't a part of their group. Um, my name went on the list. and But, you know, I waited and talked with him for a couple of hours and, you know, the success that he told me about all that in some kind of, but if you remember my, my story, I always talk about, I just wouldn't start getting booked on people who had money. 
You know, I just started mm. reading, you know, reading about those people because they out there, and you know, so, you know, you who who said that? Uh, on one of the clips, I think I posted. You know what? It's funny. I posted on on social media on Facebook, and they took it down. It was a clip about oh. this guy talking about books. And I'm like, why you take down my book clip? Somebody must have said something or complained about it. I'm putting it back up. I'm oh, wow. Up. But, yeah. But he said, <laughs> yeah, he said, if I told you that uh, this rich person was going to be at my house on Saturday and this other rich person and this other person going to be on Saturday and you can, you know, come out, he said, you would come, right? He said, well, they're there. They're on my bookshelf. He said, they're right there on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm, I'm reading and talking to them and talking about them every day. Uh, and you can do that, you know, people can do that also. But if you, if a person really wants the, the physical contact of being around somebody, then, you know, you show up at events, you show up at things like that, and you're going to see some. Now, you, you know, it might not be the, you know, the uh, uh, long-term, you know, wealth that's been passed down through generations type money, but, you know, you're still around people that that are having success and making money, and that's that's better. But I have a right. question, though. Doesn't that need to be consistently done? So, yeah, you might go to one thing, but then there's months you're you know you're not around that anymore. I think it would need right. to be something well, that, yeah, that, that right that goes back to that. You got to be read. You got to be you got to be constantly trying to put yourself in that environment in some form or fashion. Yeah, but yeah. You've got to be consistent with stuff. And I know, you know, because of COVID, you know, we hadn't been touching and reaching people like that. Um, uh, but, you know, again, books, audios, you know, now YouTube is so accessible. You go out to YouTube and find any wealthy person you want and listen to them. I mean, you can just you put their name in. If they have any kind of wealth or money, you can type their name in YouTube and either an interview will come up or because that's how I kind of find the mystery voices that I play. You know, I think of a of a uh, profession, of somebody that's successful mm-hmm. in that profession. I'll type their name in and put interview, and it'll come up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, okay. you, can, you can be in that environment. Because imagine we, I was talking to some uh college friends of mine uh, here in Houston two nights ago, I met up with them, and we were just amazed on how we operated and lived without cell phones, without beepers, you know, pagers, without all of that while we were in school. You know, but you know, we never but thought But now, you can't even go a couple hours without your phone. Right, right. you can't do anything. <laughs> like your life is over. <laughs> Right. But we had yep, no we lived through our phones. We had no access, yeah, we had no access to anything like you have now, like YouTube where you can go and these podcasts out here where you can, you know, I was telling the story of um, my partner Mike had just got, and <laughs> the, 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 the group of people knew Mike, and he had just got this Volkswagen. That was, my, that was my partner in school. You know, matter of fact, he was my best mm-hmm. man to win. And, uh, he had just got his Volkswagen, and uh, me and my me and my other friend of his, Byron, we stopped by his house. Well, he was over at a friend's house, and we said, man, let's drive the Volkswagen. We'll be right back. It was like 830 in the evening. Right. Man, we got in that car, drove across town in Jackson, Mississippi, went over to Tougaloo College, 
and we hung out at a party over there at about 2.30 in the morning. Now, can you imagine he has no way to reach us, no pages, no cell phone. We're supposed to be back in 30 minutes, man. We pulled up at 2.30. He was sitting out on the porch of the, of the house like, <laughs> to, this day, to this day, he's still mad about that. <laughs> I know he's thinking, are they dead? Did they wreck my car? Did they? Uh, I, mean, what? I mean, they're supposed to be back in 30 minutes. It's six hours later. And we rolled up in there. I know we had been drinking. <laughs> so, but my, my point is, you know, we got so much access now that you can just you can just go to YouTube and you can go to you can go no you can go to Google and type in any wealthy person anybody with money and you can be around them by doing that. Yeah, that is an alternative. I didn't even think about that. But it's funny that you 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 said leading because that's my next point from the book. It says number five says man. My point number five is man is heir to the wisdom of the ages found within the covers of great books. We marked one of our great wise men, and yet it is surprising how many people never read a book. Although he, I'm sorry. Although the war did cause more people to seek the companionship of books, strange as it may sound, few businessmen read anything besides newspapers and a few trade journals. And when a check is made among professional men, you find that they are more or less limit themselves to books and literature dealing with their respective fields. I mentioned books for no matter what the book may be, biography, fiction, history, or scientific text. It is a rare book that doesn't contain an idea or two useful in your own work. Um, so, yeah, that, that's funny that you just segued right into my next point, that a lot of the information that we need are in books. But the problem is with books, I think, in my opinion, people don't want to read. And I think people don't want to read because they view reading as work. Right, because in school they made you read. Right, it's something we don't want to. We didn't want to do. Kids didn't want to do, read. And so now that you're an adult, you think of picking up a book and getting some valuable information as work. You don't. You work nine to five. You don't want to come home and do more work. Right. So it's right. a matter of uh, perspective of what how they think of reading. And so they rather just relax and watch TV because then they're, they're yeah, that's not working. They're relaxing. Mm-hmm. I never, I never thought yeah. of it as like that way as you, you know, what you, the way you just said it, like work, and that, and I think that's what it is. People, like <laughs> I've worked now, I've done, you know, what society says I was supposed to do. I went to school, went to high school. I might not have gone to college. I went on to the military. I did what I was supposed to do. I might have went on to college, but whatever it is now, I'm grown. I'm, I'm working in my field. I don't have to do that anymore, and that's what and right. that's how people feel. But that's not the case, you know. But you, but guess what? The system that we that we're in, that we grew up in, and the system that's teaching us that. Uh, the truth is, and I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but that they want you to read books because they want you to be a worker. They want you to mm-hmm. go to work and come home, and it, it, that's how they can manage the millions of people in this world is to not have them think like that and read and things of that sort. Because well, well, who do you think it, doesn't want us to read? Who, who do you think doesn't well, want us to read? Well, you got to look at the, the, the agenda, the people who, who control the corporations, the ones who, 
the ones who fund, you know, colleges are just training grounds for corporations. You understand when they when we graduate, mm-hmm. you go down to that uh, what do you call it placement center. You go down there and interview, and they want to hire you to come work. So mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the big corporations that want you to come work for them, they don't want you to be thinking and all that. They gonna do all of that. They just want you to come work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're not they're not training you to well, like Doctor Mackey said, like you should. You you're supposed to get a degree to take it and use it which you can use it by starting a business with that or whatever, but most of us just go get a job and we work. And, I, and again, don't, I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm not telling anybody who's working a job that they shouldn't because, you know, it takes care of their family stuff. But, you know, but when you say who, if you're, if you're running major corporations and you got billions and billions of dollars and you've got, you know, these families that control that, they don't want, they, they trained us to to be in line to go to work, man, not to – because you, you start reading a few extra books, man, you start thinking yeah. outside of that box. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, it's that the books that, that they have us read in school, too. It's not the books that can change your life. They're not books oh, no. that foster personal development and independent no. thinking. You know, no, it's not. That's and that's saying. the problem. They need to bring it up. That's why, that's why you could go to all the way through college and never even hear about John C. Maxwell in leadership. Yeah. You never hear about some of the other great books and leaders out here. You never, because that, that's not the agenda for you to do. The agenda yeah. is for you to you come and work and, you know, go home, like you said, and turn the TV on. And I love how Earl Nightingale <laughs> says, you know, it just, you know, he comes home and he, you know, he, just there, and he turns the television on and he watches it. And he says, "You know, I, I mean, Earl Nightingale been saying that. You know, since well, you know, he started saying it in the fifties and sixties, and everything that he says is now they, you know, expanded that to, you know, because imagine we used to have three channels on television. Now you got three hundred, right? So a person can just really lock in on that and never ever." Um, there's so much to choose from. Yeah. 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 Again, mm-hmm. and then you remember you said it's hard to read now. This, 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 it's even worse now because, you know, they're teaching us to just read little sentences like Instagram, you know, like, you yeah. know, that's the thing that's hot Instagram and, um, and, and, and it's going, it's going to TikTok now. And you see, it's really no reading at all. You know, I think Facebook is the only <laughs> thing that's left, and, and and a lot of people are not on Facebook anymore. And, and even if you are, they're blocking it where you can actually, you know, type a lot of stuff or write, write some stuff that people could read. And, you know, a lot of folks don't even like even doing that now. So it, it's Yeah, agenda. if it's too long, people are not going to read it. <laughs> they're oh, like, no. next. <laughs> they they, 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 they want to see two little lines that says something. In, in, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> – and I'm saying that's the case, but, you know, we can't let that – because I can promise you this, uh, the successful people who are winning big, they're not falling for that. They're they still reading a book a week, a book – you know, they're still doing that. You know what I'm saying? They're still – you know, Warren Buffett's still reading, you know, a mm-hmm. crazy amount of books a week. You know what I'm saying? He's still doing it. He's not – you know, a lot of a lot of successful people are not caught up on social media like like, like I, we are. Like you know, I, I even uh, you know, like Jay Z, once a year he might get out there, and he, he even said it's addictive because 
you know, he he's not out there like that. You know, he got people that pay that he pay to run his accounts and stuff, but he's not on there like that. You know, like we are. Um, right. So yeah. yeah, but that you know that keeps people from reading and you know, um, boy, you know, it's a lot of different. First of all, people don't believe that 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 they can gain wealth and success by reading a book. People don't believe that. Uh, right again, because we're looking for it right away. You know, I always say that the book, especially with us and what we do, it gives you the, uh, it, it helps you fight another day. So it helps you, you know, if you read a, read five pages a day from a, 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 a self development book or mindset book or leadership book, it helps you fight another day and then you read another five pages keep you going until you have the success that you want mm-hmm. to have which could take years but we want to read a book okay. like i said we want to put the cake in and then open the oven and look for it it doesn't work that way we want to read a book and then say oh i wouldn't got all these people no it doesn't no, have to be a part of your life yeah all right. Well, I have one more point. Um, it's on the same page. It's, I'm on 114. I don't know if I said that for point five, but um, point six is right there underneath the next paragraph. No one has a monopoly of knowledge, and yet we all know that knowledge is power when put to use. The greater the reader, the more his thinking is stimulated. And if he is a man of action, the more his efforts are accelerated. Now is the right time to mention the highly interesting phenomenon of association of ideas and how one idea quickly links. Well, that's another whole topic. I'm not going to go into that part yet. But it's, um, yeah, it's like you were saying, you could read all this information, um, like you always say, but if you don't go and start applying it, then... All it is is just information in your head. You're yep. not going to do anything with it, and I think that's that's another thing. You know, I think I I don't know if I want to say suffer, but you know that's part of my, some of the problems I have is that I, I know a lot of information. I know a lot, but it does no good staying in my head if I don't take it out and apply what I've learned. And I think that's right. a challenge it goes for back a lot to of your people. Thoughts. You know, it goes back to your thoughts, mm-hmm. and, and you're thinking like most people that. You know, if I apply this, it ain't gonna really change my life like this, and it ain't gonna. And, and it's not not right then. It's a it's a a constant way of planting seeds until it happens, or watering your ground until the until the seed pops up. You know, it's like, you know, the farmer he could, it's, it, okay, the the farmer plants the seed. Okay, that's like reading a book. All right, so. If he doesn't keep reading a book or reading over that same book every day, and that's watering that seed, nothing's going to happen. So, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Every day that he waters, still nothing happens. But guess what? He knows that eventually it might be six months, happen. it might be three months, it's going to pop up. Yeah, but see, we don't know that. We don't know that if we keep watering our minds with books that, because we don't want to continue to do it. We will say, well, you know, I did two books, I did five books, I read, you know, and you got to keep watering. That, yeah, and you have to believe it. It's more, I think it's more about belief that it's going to happen because you could say it's going to happen and you could see it happening for some people, um, but you have to believe that it's going to happen for you too. And I, mean, I think it's all about that, belief. You know, because, yeah, the farmer has been doing it for years, and he knows that eventually it's going to pop up. But, you know, at some point, he had to believe when it didn't happen. You know, like, well, guess what? 
if you're a farmer, that means you probably saw somebody else farming before you, and you saw exactly. what they were doing. It's, it's like, again, you saw somebody else's success story, and you got to believe that if you keep doing what you're doing, that eventually that's going to – but, see, you know, that belief comes with a man. It's so many things that you have to do. That's why I say it's so much distraction out here to get that belief right. You have to separate yeah. yourself from negative people, family members and all that. You have to focus on what you're reading and, and listen to. You, you have to become, you know, almost isolate to where you're only around the people that believe in what you believe in to do that. That's why I always say, man, if, you, if we could get six months to a year, all of us together in a room every day, and we're talking about this kind of stuff, and, you know, we even when we go back to our room, we can't click on the television. There's nothing there. You can't call family members that's negative. All you can do wow. is associate. Man, after about six months to a year, we all will be believing and be, like, hardcore. You know, we would really be, our life would change. That's how you see yeah. people change and improve. You know, because they, they get intense. That's how you see Lewis that for the last, you know, I guess he's been in 21 years. For the last 17 years, he's got intense about, you know, changing himself. And he could do that because it was no outside distractions, no bills he had to worry right. about, no, you know, none of that. He just got intense with it. Um, and that's the challenge that we have. We don't, we don't, we can't, well, I ain't going to say can't. That we don't. It's just, very you know, difficult like said, and not even realistic that we can isolate ourselves that way. Right. Because right. most of us, you, we don't do what we do. We have a full time job, most of us. Right. And so when you're trying to manage a full time job, and who knows what you're exposed to there, right? And then right. you're trying to operate this too, and you're navigating two worlds. Yeah, and I was fortunate, you know. You know, I tell my story that you know I worked for AT when I worked for AT and T. It was only eight of us in that in that small office, and I came and go. I would come and go as I please. So most of the time, I was in my car, out and about meeting you know uh, prospects. And I had you know Earl Nightingale playing the car, and then when I came home, you know I isolated. You know I really you know you know at that time, uh, wasn't married. I you know I, I was it was just me, so I isolated. And I intention it was intentional, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't and I didn't I didn't uh hang out with the guys like I used to. I didn't do the things I did, but that was me the being intentional, but it still took some years of me doing that kind of stuff and reading and reading and you know, for even you know, starting to see the results. You know, I talk about the affirmations I was saying and all that for two or three years for consistently. I mean, I'm talking about hardcore like. Um not every day. That that has to be done. You're right. You know, if not, you're going to always be saying, well, is this fault or that fault or this ain't going to work. You know, it's uh, – I'm not saying it's easy. That's what I'm saying. I always yeah. said before that when you leave high school, the powers of be says, <laughs> let's see you change that because we had you for 12 years, you know, six hours or seven hours a day programming you, you know, to think a certain way. Now, right. you know, you come with this information talking about you can change your life, you know, hey, unless you get intense like we were with you getting up and going to school every day, you know. It's difficult. 
Exactly. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's simple. It's simple, though. Mm-hmm. It's a simple system, but it, it is difficult. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. But um, so when, getting back to that title, how to project your thoughts. So how can you explain to me how are we projecting our thoughts with these things that I, you know, took out of the pages of this chapter? Because that's the name of the okay. chapter, projecting, well, you how to project Google, your thoughts. Google project. And tell me I what think it's it just putting your, your thoughts out there. That's, that's my, is that what it says? I mean, no, that's not what, what, that's my definition. <laughs> tell me what project means. Uh, let me see. I'll do it. Let me see if I can Google it right quick. Um, somebody says, well, that's, that's what I grew up in in the project. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get that. <laughs> I grew up in the project. <laughs> um. So, project an individual or collaborative enterprise that is carefully planned to achieve a particular aim. Is I like that this the, one. Yeah, it says That's extend funny. outward beyond something else to extend it, it, outward. It's right here. You're right. A government subsidized housing development. So I grew up in the project. So, <laughs> but no, you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about, uh, let's see, an individual or collaborative enterprise that is carefully planned to achieve, okay, estimate. Is that the right? Am I spelling the right? No, I'm, I found one, and I don't know what this is, where I got mine from. Oxford Dictionary, I think. Um, it says, one of the definitions is extend outward beyond something else to pursue. Yeah, I see that one. I see that's the last one. Yeah, so that's what I think of when it says to project your thoughts, to extend your thoughts outward from yourself. Okay, well, then that's talking about your thoughts. That's, that's, That's what I said about, you know, teaching your thoughts or saying, you know, what you what you've read, you know, you're putting it out there. You mm-hmm. got to put it out mm-hmm. there. You know, you got to let them know this is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm feeling. You know, these are things yes, that I'm and that goes down to like projecting compliments, giving sincere compliments, right. making friends by and doing things to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Be prepared too when you're projecting those thoughts that you know who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people ain't gonna want to hear that. You know, what I'm saying so. You got to kind of, like I said, you know, put your like, like. You remember me say when I started reading a lot and I was hanging around my partners at AT&T, my conversation changed because I can only, I guess, project what, I, what, I, what I'm putting in me. So I was putting in Think and Grow Rich and all these other books, and they wasn't. And so, you know, when I was talking, that came out of me. And what came out okay. of them was, you know, what are you talking about? Been, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> when I was projecting my thoughts, they didn't want to hear that. What I said, you know, right. What's your goals, man? What what, what, what dreams you have? Well, see how you know in the bar with the red dress. That's my goals and dreams, right there. I'm about to go. Like, <laughs> I like, and I thought about it. You know, after a while, I said, 
do I sound corny around these guys? Because they're not doing that. So I had to. <laughs> so you probably did. You probably did at that yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, what I is going on with you? <laughs> You're <I> changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They looking at me like you're killing my high. But I was projecting my thoughts that I had been reading, and uh, and I thought that I, you know, I didn't think. I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I don't. I didn't think that it was that strange at that time. But when I started seeing how they was operating, I realized, man. This is kind of, you know, different. You know, I gotta, I gotta stay away from them, and they, you know, they like, I gotta stay away from you, man. You strange. I'm like, well, you know, you know what I'm reading here is some good stuff. Now I don't know if you you get it or not, but I guess not. So let me move on, and uh, that's the thing that most people can't do either. They don't want to move on from. Or you know, they don't want to lose their friends. They want to be around their friends still, right? right. So. They rather dumb themselves down and to stay in that group. I don't. Maybe that's an insulting term, dumbing yourself down. But if you no, don't give yourself yeah, an environment that's, that's, to grow, that's that's what it is. If you saw the video I put on my page of uh, was Dr. Lamont Hill, and he talked about that he believes that we're in an anti-intellectual society. That's what, and and that's mm-hmm. pretty much dumbing down of America. Anti-intellectual. Yep. Like he said nobody really respects PhD. Like that, they they respect the culture and the and the and the stars that they see on television and the entertainers and the people with the with the uh, twenty million followers and you know and and you could be ignorant I don't know what, but that's what people are you know because we're in a anti intellectual society, but I refuse to become anti to be a dummy you know what I'm saying just because that's the society that we're in. You know that's the, but that's where we are. You know, we're in an we're in a society at. where we want to be um, accepted, and we we yearn for that acceptance. So if we're going right. to put in ourselves in a situation where we're not going to receive that acceptance, we rather dumb ourselves down so that we can be accepted mm-hmm. by our peers and our friends. Because remember, if you if you go back and think, at one point. Acceptance was the education, you know. I mean, you remember? I mean, my parents was was you know first generation to get college degrees, and you know, and that was man, you know, if you had a college degree and you was a teacher and instructor, that was you know looked at as you know that was man, that was, that was that's good. like mm-hmm. yeah, that's like being the 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 entertainer these days or the 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 influencer. But now that not that's not looked at the same way because people look at the money you earn now. It's like it's whether you're a big dummy or not, you can be the biggest dummy in the world and you got you're making money. a lot of money. Yeah, they they're going to listen to you <laughs> compared to somebody else, you know, cuz cuz it's implied that the smarter you are, the richer you should be, and that's not really the truth. It's almost it's implied like in our business. I talked about that. That the people we listen to in our business are the ones that are that has the bigger titles or might made the most money. But guess what? That doesn't make them the smartest. That doesn't make them even knowing what happened. It could be a lot of reasons they got to that position or a lot of things that happened to them, uh, and it could be something that is innate about them that made them that way. So. You know, it could be somebody else that's not 
on those levels that probably has more sense and that you can listen to that makes that. But we don't look at it like that. You can tell because yeah. you know you know that everybody when somebody starts hitting new positions and somebody comes, everybody runs to them. I see what they, they do. Did, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, let's go. Let's go see what they're doing. And you don't, you know, because those are the ones that are shining. And but yeah. that doesn't mean that they still know what they're doing. It can be a number of things that that happen. To Sometimes them it's them just their, their what we would call their swagger, their personality. You know, those people mm-hmm. are attracted to them. Right, mm-hmm. and that's the society mm-hmm. that we're in now. And uh, you know, it is what it is. Yes. So on that note, I I think I've shared what I um, plan to share. Um, very interesting book. I, I'm going to have to go back and read some of my the earlier chapters and try to just implement some of the things because, like I was telling you earlier, um, you know, just believing that I can really, I truly have to believe that I can do some of the things that they say just by thinking and telling myself things over and over and over and over again that I can make those kind of changes. So um, um, that's yeah, my goal. You, you can, but remember, it's a number of other things you got to, you know, disassociate, you got to, you know, kind of isolate, you got to separate, you got to do certain uh, other things along with that process, and and you can't look for the outcome right away. Yeah. And so, so not to be it, around non-believers, that's the biggest thing for me. Non-believers, well, non-believers around that, that say, oh, you really think that could happen? What's wrong with it, you know? Well, put you well down because you've got to isolate. you got to isolate. Yeah. you got to separate mm-hmm. from that. You can't, you can't listen to yep. that. And that's what we, but see, we still don't want to do that. And, and when I said right away, what do you look, what do you think about when I say it ain't going to happen to you right away? So I can't look for it to happen in a month or two months or three months. It could take several months of consistency with working towards it. You can't. It could take a year. It could take a couple of years. It could take several years. Hmm. It could take several years. And that's what nobody wants to hear that. You see what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. No, that's no, nobody wants to hear that. I was talking to um, um, Kevin Harris last night, and he was telling me about a guy that we know that uh, has been doing something for quite a while, maybe 12 to 15 years. And uh, what he does, somebody offered him a million dollars for it. But people don't realize wow. That he started twelve fifteen <laughs> doing that, you know. Yes, I got to go. So, but, but you know, we we want to jump out there tomorrow and do it, and then get out, <laughs> get out again next year. And nobody wants to face that reality, you know. what I'm saying of uh, that's why you say, you know, people say, well, just forget about it, man. Shoot, I ain't, and you know, because I'm on the surface, we don't see the struggle, Mister Fleming. We don't see people it? don't see the struggle and what you did right. to get to where you are. We only see the success right. when you arrive. Right. That's what they see. That's the Instagram pages. That's what they see. There's all success. They don't see what you went right. through to get there and how long you've gone through it. And when you think that you have to do that, you know, 
And then some people think they're too old for that. You know, I, you know, I'm 50. As they're getting older, yeah. Yeah. yeah I have a, I have a little seasoning on me, so yeah, you know, like okay, <laughs> it's gonna take another, right, right. <laughs> another five right. years, really. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, if we take that, what you gonna be doing between that time, me? Because five right. years. Right. Those, those five years are gonna pass regardless, <laughs> right? Whether you do it or you don't do it. So you might as well do it. I, I tell you, every day I think about stuff that I knew about when I was 35 that I didn't do and I should have been doing up to this point. But, and it's, you know, you can always think about those things, but if you don't start at some point to do it, because you can think about it for I don't know how long. Like it's some people who think about reading a book for years and then finally read one, you know, then read another one, then read another one. But, um. Yeah, you gotta you gotta move, take action, do stuff, get in a different environment, uh, to get your belief right and understand that that if you keep watering your seed, it's gonna have to pop up. You know, whether it's a year, two years, three years, four, it's gonna have to. That's that's a law. It's called seed time right. and harvest time. It's a law. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it is. You can't now. You just don't know when your seed is going to pop up. Mm-hmm. But it will. It will. Yeah. yeah That's the belief you have to have. It will happen. Yeah. But you don't but know, it, but it, it will happen. It, so just keep it, going because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like I say, every leader in time will excel. You become a leader, you yeah. will excel, uh, but it's, it's going to happen in time. You know, so. Right. All right, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, okay. Great. Thank Good you. Time. Um, well, you know, don't, don't, you know, disappear again like you did the last time. When the last time you did the book club? And it, that was, that was, it was in ago. June. Was no, it's June. June was the last time. That seemed like years ago. June. And then you. <laughs> I had surgery, sir. I had surgery. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one there. I know. That's a good, you like that one? Yeah, so yeah, you had talked on the cell phone. You had talked on the phone since you had surgery, right? This is your first time doing this. Right? <laughs> You're funny. On that note, this was wonderful. Okay. I'm more than welcome to come back. I'd love to come back All and right. do it again. I always enjoy it. All right. But I uh, appreciate that, Pam. Um, and please tell everybody to go listen to the replay. I got some people texting me that probably didn't realize the book club was on. So I got to let them know you go back to the replay. So, all right, we out of here. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a good, have a good day. All right.